ladies and gentlemen, once again, it's Reliving the Lights of Friday Night Lights Rewatch Podcast. We're here for another week and another episode. My name is Josh Kuypers. My name is Anthony Hookman. <laughs> and your and house my is coming down. is dropping plates uh, <laughs> near the microphone, so I apologize for that, uh, that interruption. No, no, I get it. Uh, today I successfully put off doing the dishes, uh, because the kids were napping. So I was, oh, shucks. I, uh, can't do the dishes. It'll be, can't be clanging around like a <laughs> freaking Angie Iverson or whatever. So. <laughs> uh, Anthony, uh, how we doing? We're, we're midway through October, uh, you know, getting closer to Halloween. How's the horror movie tally going? Yeah, I uh well I did work my way. I guess technically I started in September. Right. Um as to not fall behind, but I have watched the entire now uh Halloween series including a boy. uh the newest and <laughs> including also the Rob Zombie entries. Uh <laughs> watched this uh Japanese horror movie at the State Theater called House from uh, the 70s. Mm-hmm. It was pretty wild. Okay. Uh it was uh imagine if David Lynch wrote a movie and then that movie got like script polishing done by an anime writer. <laughs> yeah. And All then right. uh and then the movie was directed by Wes Anderson. <laughs> mm, wow. <laughs> it was that's it was really something. Uh you can find it on <laughs> HBO Max. Uh it's pretty I, short. It's but it's pretty wild. How many stars on Letterboxd did you give it? I gave it three. Um, and I mean that was an immediate uh, like I pretty sure I rated it on the walk back home. Um, it's still gestating with me. I feel still comfortable with the three, but I feel like if I watched it a few more times, maybe it would click with me a little bit more. It's kind of like it's in the yeah. Criterion Collection, and it's a pretty, okay, okay, you know. But uh, I watched The Exorcist, which was yeah, uh, really love that movie. Uh, yeah. Watched these movies on Netflix, Creep and Creep Two. Have you heard of these? I have not. No. Um, Mark Duplass is in them. It's like a oh, yeah. found footage style movie. Uh, pretty dumb, but fun. And then I also went to see Night of the Living Dead, the original 1968 mm. uh, Night of the Living Dead at the State Theater, which I really, really liked. So that's not the one that's in the public domain or it is the that one is the, the one that's in the public domain. domain. Yeah. Nice. So you also own it, a bootleg copy of it. But mm. you're inside. Dawn of the Dead is the one that is not in the public domain and it's very hard to get a hold of that's what a it is. Copy of. that's right. the one from 1978 yes yes nice nice that nice, one's nice. up on my list i actually started watching it on uh saturday afternoon but i fell asleep while i was watching it so i'm mm-hmm. just gonna restart because i fell asleep pretty early on so i'm just gonna restart it yeah i should now that i've gotten back into horror movies i should revisit my whole zombie movie thing because in high school and college that was my thing that was the only kind of horror movie i watched but then before i got married uh Lindsay <laughs> did not uh appreciate those movies and in <laughs> fact was like do we need to have these in our dvd collection or can we sell them so i actually sold off a bunch oh of them. man the, the 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 there's a lot of zombies zom there are a lot of zombie movies out there that uh don't really need to be watched multiple right times. yeah so i was like yeah we can sell these you know three dollar zombie movies from walmart <laughs> or whatever but but yeah, Night of the Living Dead. It's probably been a good fifteen years since I've watched that, and Dawn of the Dead, and all those. It's, it was really interesting watching the original uh, Night of the Living Dead because it's very like primitive, as it, like it was basically like the first zombie movie ever, um, or at yeah, least you right. know like yeah, that's what we know now as zombies, right? Um, 
so it was really interesting watching because it's very primitive in the lore but it's also yeah. like a weirdly progressive movie oh, like yeah. there's a lot of stuff about it that i was like man i can't believe they did that like in huh. 1960 in this movie in 1968 like it yeah. was very like yeah a few shocking moments so yeah I, i'm glad i watched it um so i gotta ask you and I think I've looked at your list, so I think I know what this is. But give me your top three Halloween movies now that you've watched them all. Yes. Um, my, As in know, the Halloween series. I know you know what I'm talking about. Yes, but for yes. the listener, the Halloween yeah. series. Um, well, my number one is the original 1978 Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's great. It's classic. Honestly, on a good day, my number two could be number one because I absolutely loved this movie. And I know you'll disagree, but Halloween three, like (laughs) on the right day, I think I would maybe call it my favorite Halloween movie. Like I liked it that much. I thought it was great. It's so crazy to me. But I mean, that's that's totally fine. I'm not uh, saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying I did not enjoy it i, I knew what i, I knew what so i was good. getting into it i knew that michael myers wasn't going to be in it, or at least within the first few minutes yeah. i knew that michael myers wasn't going to be in it uh i i tweeted this but i think is the best description that i've had uh to explain how i felt when watching it i felt like it, i was watching mystery science theater 3000 without the uh little robots and dude making fun of it <laughs> it was one of those movies but absolutely insane to me that you didn't like it because i thought it was abs- <laughs> like i thought it was great like really like i'll that's probably going to become and this is why i say that on the right day or maybe even eventually it could overtake the original halloween as my favorite halloween movie because i could see myself going back to that movie every october and watching it every wow. october wow but then so the original halloween 1978 halloween 3 is my number two and then the 2018 reboot also just called halloween mm-hmm. Um, is my number three. Yeah. No, I think that's, uh, I mean, obviously I don't agree on three, but Halloween and Halloween, uh, <laughs> Halloween original Halloween. What is yes. it? 20, what? 2018. 2018. Mm-hmm. Because the 2000, what? Seven, seven one is also yep. called just Halloween. Yes. Correct. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And prior to this year, those were the only three that I'd seen the three movies that were just called oh, Halloween. Wow. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, personally uh six was bad it was objectively maybe the worst one but i had the most fun watching that one uh i like i enjoyed how ridiculous it was they really got off in the weeds on that one uh (laughs) unnecessarily but uh no give me your since this is maybe the most relevant currently just give me your your thoughts on halloween kills since you know that just came out it's the the hot topic yeah um, yeah, without spoiling too much for mm-hmm. our listeners, um, I liked it mm-hmm. um, quite a bit. I really like David Gordon Green's take on the franchise. I like that John Carpenter is back as a producer. So, like, mm-hmm. obviously, the choices that are being made are also being overseen by literally the dude who came up with uh, yeah. this character. Um, I didn't think it quite lived up to the 2018 reboot, um, but I think it's a worthy sequel. Yeah. You know, I, I had a lot of fun. I thought it was a lot of fun. Even I went and saw it in the theater. Oh, nice. um, and this dude in front of me was talking to nobody in particular through. Well, actually, so oh, the couple sitting like there's three people sitting like four seats down for me to I'm in the same row. And it was like two old people. <laughs> and what I assume was their like 
I'm talking like 80 years old people uh-huh. and their what I'm presuming was their daughter who was like 50 who yeah. was like explaining everything on screen. Oh my gosh. Uh, to like I mean they were whispering they're at least being quiet. Yeah. But like I could hear them during the really quiet parts cuz they talked <laughs> through the entire movie. Wow. Um, and then the dude in front of us, it was so funny because that guy, like during the crazier moments would be like, um, there's, um, the scene with the, uh, the gay, like realty couple, um, big John and little John, which I I thought was great. That was, and it's so obviously written by Danny McBride. Like that was such a Danny McBride thing. (laughs) Um, but, uh, uh, during that scene, there's like, so there's like a knock at the back door and then a knock at the front door and they go to the front door and then there's, and then like all of a sudden, like one of them says like, did you lock the door? And this guy literally just goes, Nope. (laughs) Like, like that kind of stuff. And so it was dumb stuff like that, but it it honestly happened so infrequently that it wasn't like, it didn't take me out of the movie by any means. Um, uh, there, I did notice during one of those moments that the couple sitting a few seats down for me, like pointed at that guy as if to be like, (laughs) that guy's talking. And I wanted to be like, you like you guys are talking through this entire movie. You are also being loud and disrespectful, but, um, (laughs) But no, overall, great experience. Glad I went to see it in the theater. Um, I could have, I have a Peacock subscription. Yeah. Uh, and I could have easily used that to watch it at no extra cost. But literally, I went to West Mall 7. It was like, for yeah. a ticket, a small popcorn, and a medium drink. It was $12.50. Like, yeah, yeah. Come that's on. worth it for sure. Absolutely. Um, But uh, I didn't like some of the characters. Like, I really wanted to like Anthony Michael Hall as Tommy Doyle. <laughs> Tommy Doyle was, um, yeah. <laughs> But like, like it, his character is so weird. Like once again, not to spoil too much, but like there's a scene where he's like the bartender is talking about like his grandpa's baseball bat, and Tommy Doyle is just like, "Well, I'm taking this." It. Yeah. Um, and then he thinks he can just like, like this whole mob. Like I understand, like the movie is kind of about like mob mentality yes. and how dangerous it is is a big yes. theme of the movie. But like this mob are like think they can take Jason down or Jason they would think they can take Michael down <laughs> with like mostly melee weapons like yeah they all bats like stand around looking at him with bats and cue sticks and stuff I I really enjoyed watching it I thought it was I thought it was good uh yeah it was a good watch I I was wondering if I felt like it very much bordered on being a little too heavy handed with the whole, like the evil is inside of us mob mentality thing. Like, uh, when it started coming up and like, it became clear that that was a theme. I was like, okay, yeah. Like I, I like Uh where this can go. And then by the end of it, it was like, okay, yep. (laughs) And literally my review on letterboxd is, Really, I was really rooting for Michael in this one, like, and I was like, I don't know, yeah. I, I, the yeah, Tommy Doyle was just so unlikable, and yeah. even uh, Lori's granddaughter, I felt like, well, you're an idiot. Oh yeah, I, yeah, I'm kind of rooting against you too. So yeah, I I will say, um, I know that they wanted to make this a trilogy, like mm-hmm. the 2018, 2021, and 2022 uh, films, and like, I get that but I really think it maybe would have been better as just two movies. Like it felt like a little bit too much of a like middle filler there for the sake of being there and for the sake of probably making the studio more money. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, they made like $50 million over the weekend, which for pandemic era is a lot of money. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
So um, it seems like they'll make money. So that's that's great. Um, but yeah, I, I am excited to see how they uh, how they wrap this whole thing up. Um, and then then I kind of hope the franchise at least stays door. I mean, it'll never end. But I think I, I kind of hope it takes a uh, a long dormant period um, as kind of Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street are in right now. Yeah. Um, you think that they should let it die and then start up a sixth timeline within the... Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't think, I don't think, I think they should just end it and end it, but yeah, I know that that's not that's realistic. Not, yeah. So I think that in the very least, it should take a long rest. Yeah. I mean, I kind of feel like you can continue making, re remaking the original and just like absolutely <laughs> do making one or two, you know, mm-hmm. like that. That's fine. Um, And I, I would be like, it's so weird because I didn't love the Rob Zombie movies, especially Halloween 2 by Rob Zombie. Mm-hmm. I didn't hate the the first one. It's just I, I kind of came to I, I don't know if you read my review for either of them on Letterboxd. My review for Halloween yeah. Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 is very long <laughs> <laughs> because I was like trying to get to the like the the because I think both of them have really cool ideas and uh-huh. are like a good director and a like polished script away from being really really good movies. Mm-hmm. But like Rob Zombie, his whole thing is like, and I put this in my letterbox review, but it's like, yeah, people are going to die on screen and I get that because it's a slasher movie. Yeah. But like these movies are at least before his and like the Friday 13th movies and like Nightmare on Elm Street movies at least like make it fun. Like, Mm. you know, like they're a fun like 90 minute ride and Rob Zombie's movies are like two hours of just like trying to make the audience feel gross. Ugh, yeah. You know, right. Like right. The kills are just so brutal. They're not fun. Like they're mm. brutal and mm-hmm. just like makes you go like, ugh. yeah, it's not like a, oh, yeah, right. Exactly. Kill. It's like a, Oh God. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. That's, that's uh maybe a sign that I'm not going to like it. Cause those are, those are the kind of horror movies that like steered me away from horror for, for sure. so long. Like, and that, I, I mean, that was Saw, the era. And I was like, I do not want to see that any was, more of this. That was the era too. Like, I mean, the yeah. the 2000s was just a, a really rough time for horror because there was, yeah. Saw, which to, I still think the first Saw movie is a really, really great movie. Um, the mm-hmm. sequels that followed, I've only seen two and three and the newest one with Chris Rock. I do have all of them, so I will be watching them soon. Nice. But like the first one was really, really good. And then it just got, like you said, like too brutal. Um, then like Eli Roth had hit his movies, the two hostile movies. And like, they're just mm-hmm. so like over the top gory, but not in a fun way, like in a gross way that like yeah. is made to make you feel uncomfortable, which just like... Ugh. I've been looking forward to watching the Rob Zombie ones, but now I'm kind of like, eh. <laughs> I don't I, know. We'll no, no, like, like I said, man, they're both like an like a a more a director with more. uh what's the word? <laughs> like, con- not control, but like restraint. They are a director with with more restraint and sure. a script polish away from like being really good movies with really good ideas. Yeah, mm-hmm. but like Rob Zombie and I like I I recently I've been following this guy on YouTube for a while and he's been doing a review of he did the history of Halloween like a five part video series mm-hmm. called the history of Halloween and he says like 
he talked about how like some of the ideas that like Rob Zombie wanted to do that didn't make the movie, like the, the studio was like, no, don't that were like awful. <laughs> then it's like, man, this is like the only example of studio interference that I've ever heard of that. I'm like, okay, good thing that they, that they stepped in. Um, so, oh, wow. Yeah. All right. Well, I will more than likely be giving them a watch in the next week or so. And I'm interested uh, in your take. Yeah. Um, obviously if they get too gross, I'm not going to say like stick with it or anything. (laughs) Like if you have to stop by all means stop, but um, I am very interested in your uh, perspective on them uh, when you watch them. I did make it through Halloween three, which was brutal in its own way. So (laughs) off. I think I can make it through some gore. So, all right. Well, uh, good to check in. I'm assuming we'll probably check in with the horror movies one more time uh, as we get towards the end of October. So that's what we've been watching. Anthony, what are you drinking tonight? Yeah. You know, we went to Costco tonight and I got myself, uh, I was kind of in the mood for some red wine. So I got Mm. a uh, Cabernet uh, Santa Julia. (laughs) Very nice. Uh, Yeah. Uh, have never been able to tell the difference in any type of wine. Well, I mean, not <laughs> as far as good wine and bad wine right. or whatever. No. Oh, 100% same. I yeah. literally, Andrew was like, how do you like it? And I'm like, it's a Cabernet. It tastes good. <laughs> I like Cabernets. Like right. they all taste basically the same to me. I don't think I have the palate. To yep. No, I don't. Really I really tell do the think, difference. I really do think that I have a dull palate and my sisters both have very sensitive palates and that's why they're such picky eaters and because i've just realized even how my sense of smell is so much less keen than Lindsay's. Mm -hmm. like Lindsay can smell stuff and just be overwhelmed by it and i'll smell nothing and so (laughs) i think that's maybe why i'm not a picky eater is you know but i think seeing that's i go back and forth i think i i am a picky eater but i think it's more due to textures yeah, and like preconceived ideas about food <laughs> than it is about like actual taste because I do think I actually have a pretty dull um, taste palette because yeah. of things like this like or like most beers I honestly can't tell apart <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. I mean I can tell like a stout versus a lager apart right right um, like freaking wheat beer which I think is gross but like like beer. You know, most like any, if you give me Bush Light, Bud Light, and Coors Light, Man. I could not tell the difference between <laughs> them. And like people get like really brand loyal about that kind of stuff. And I'm like, this is all the same to me. I I think the difference is it's all not good. And so what difference is it <laughs> if uh, like, no, I'm not, I'm not like putting my nose up to it. I'll drink right. it, but it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's not really worth putting in the time to figure out the difference. It all yeah. goes down the same. Right. Uh, speaking of unrefined palates, I have the cheapest uh, white rum that was available at Hy-Vee uh, with some sour mix and lime LaCroix, which is actually very good in what I've been drinking for uh, watching all of my horror movies so far right. <laughs> this October. So it's become a, tra- tra- a tradition for me in October to drink a lot of white rum and watch a lot of horror movies. And I, I kind of oh, yeah. like it. So oh, yeah. Uh, just going to stick with that for now. That's what we're watching. That's what we're drinking. I'd say it's time to get into it. So without further ado, let's get into episode 411. This episode is entitled Injury List, 
Uh, it originally aired January 27 of 2010. I assume Haven Iron Oak is all over this one. That is correct. It, it looks long as I pull it up. It here, so is. Here we go. Here's what he has to say. Luke Cafferty's mom raises a ruckus and wants Mrs. Taylor fired. I like it already. (laughs) Uh, Once Mrs. Taylor fired for her role in the aborting of her grandson. Oh, gosh. Landry and his folks invite Jess over for a rather awkward dinner. Julie reacts badly when Matt finally calls her to say he misses her. Luke becomes more and more dependent on pain pills and continues to hide his injury from everyone until it results in a crisis. Vinvi gets deeper. Oh, Vince. I was like, who is Vinvi? Vince gets deeper in, uh, gets in deeper with the neighborhood thugs after borrowing money from them to get his mom into rehab. Mrs. Sproles comes on to Tim after a celebratory dinner and then reacts badly when she finds him in a questionable situation with her daughter. Here's what I'm going to say about Haven Iron Oak. He does a pretty good job of being thorough, too, probably too thorough, without giving too much away. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So he like gives you a lot of information, but doesn't ruin the episode. Gives you yeah. too much information, but somehow still uh, yeah. doesn't ruin the episode. I agree. Uh, Vin V, I also was confused as I was following along with that. I couldn't place it at first. Uh, like, also, is this one of the bozos that whose name I don't know? Right. Uh, the other thing that I noticed is he said Mrs. Sproles, but she's definitely not a Mrs. Uh, right. She is not married. Well, she currently. might be still technically. Oh, I guess could but, be. But yeah. I don't think so. Um, Okay, well, there's Haven I do Iron refer Oak. to her as Moss Broles yeah, in my that's, notes. It's Moss Broles and Ma Cafferty. I don't know what their <laughs> names are, and yep. that's <laughs> probably easier to follow along with anyway. So, yes. Okay, well, Haven Iron Oak did his thing. Uh, did Movie Dude 2 do his thing this week? He did. Uh, had a hard time with it, and I realized oh now reading Haven Iron Oak's uh, synopsis that there was other directions that I could have gone with mm. it, but... I, I need to start watching these episodes like the night before we record so I can kind of marinate yes, on it, it and yep. come up with. Um, but I unfortunately did not do that. So here we go. All right. After meeting with Becky, Luke's mom tries to end Tammy's career while an unattended injury is about to end her son's football season. Mm-hmm. Tim's time in the trailer comes to an end and Matt's silence to Julie ends when he finally reaches out from <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> Well, yeah, the theme was the theme was there for yeah. sure. Uh, almost a little bit of a spoiler, though, with uh, Tim's time in the yeah. trailer comes to an end. But uh, you know that just since I mentioned that with Haven Iron Oak, I feel like I had to maybe point that out a little bit there. But no, I thought that was that was that was great. Thank you. Otherwise, it's, though, I didn't uh, feel I didn't feel as confident about it. So, <laughs> um, did we did we mention anything with Luke specifically there? Yep, I said. Uh, Oh yeah, Luke. Yeah. yeah, his football season comes to an end, which is right. also arguably a, a spoiler. But so, as you read Haven Iron Oak, what what struck you as to, I, you could have gone I, in a different feel direction? Like I I could have gone somewhere with the pain pills thing. Ooh, yeah. Um, but I'd I'd have to think about where I could go with it. Like feeling pain, maybe like Lucas feeling pain. Uh, Julie's feeling pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, that definitely could have worked. Well. If anyone wants to take that and run with it, uh, go ahead and do a movie dude three. 
synopsis <laughs> and uh, send it to us on Twitter. That'd be great. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well, let's get into the nitty gritty here with this episode. Uh, we start out with Buddy doing the damn thing on El Fuego. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's hosting his radio show and it's like at 11 a.m. I'm like, is, does Buddy still have the dealership or is he just a radio DJ? Now it's unclear. <laughs> it is unclear. It, it did seem like I thought in this episode, like, okay, they're making this Buddy's thing now. Like this is, yeah. this is how we relate to Buddy now as they lost the, that uh, guy. They lost the Chevrolet sponsorships. So they're like, no more Buddy Garrity Motors. <laughs> and actually, El Fuego is a real radio station that's sponsoring them. So they had to switch it over. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good bet. <laughs> yeah. We lost Chevy, but we, we got El Fuego. <laughs> we got so. El Fuego and Sears. <laughs> We're going to keep it going. We lost Chevrolet and Applebee's, but we've got El Fuego and Sears. <laughs> And uh, Sears is pretty much non-existent now, so <laughs> right. see how that went for him. And I've yeah, El Fuego, it's probably still out there. <laughs> Who, knows? Who knows how El Fuego's doing? <laughs> Hanging on. Uh, but Buddy has Coach on the radio uh, show taking calls about, well, mostly about the Panther game, uh, the Lions versus the Panthers, which is not this week but next week. Yep. Uh, Coach, however, would prefer to talk about this week's game against Westcott. <clears throat> yep. Yep, he's uh, he's trying to focus on on that and kind of declines any questions about the upcoming game against uh, his old his old team. Yes, uh, Luke is trying to get his candy cowboy candy prescription filled again, but he just got it filled last week, and the pharmacist is pretty suspicious. Yeah, to say the here. least. Yep. Um, Luke says he lost the pills and the pharmacist is like, what's going on here? Like, do I need to talk to your parents or your coach. like football coach? And he's like, Nope, I'll find him. I lost, <laughs> I lost him. I'll find him. Yeah. He hightails it out of there at that point. Uh, we see Matt. I can't remember where he is. Chicago. Chicago. Yep. Yes. Matt's in Chicago and he's missing Julie. He yep. longingly looks at a picture of her that's hanging on his wall. Yep, he's in kind of a scene. crappy little studio apartment um, that's full of hand drawings and one picture of Julie. <laughs> that's right. It was hand drawings. I didn't even think about that. Uh, that's kind of funny. Yeah. Julie is meeting with the local Habitat for Humanity uh, group about apparently doing it full time. Yeah. She's going for it, I guess. Uh, I don't. Is, I mean, this is just such a Julie move, like falls for one guy. Yeah, And it's like, oh, this is what I'm doing now. <laughs> Which I was trying to figure out, like, the, uh, she must not, like, have any plans of actually being with Habitat Ryan Cabrera because, like, it's evident that she'll be a team leader. Right. It doesn't seem like he's in the picture anymore. She just, like... She'll find another Habitat Ryan, <laughs> I think, is what she thinks is going to happen. That's That's probably true, yeah. Uh, the guy it happens once there's probably another cute guy working for habitat out there. I would assume that, you know, it does kind of attract a certain type of individual that Julie might be interested in. Yes. Uh, the, the guy, uh, they must be at the habitat for humanity restore, which I don't know if you've seen those before. I think those are pretty cool. 
Yeah, we, uh, we had one in Brookings. I'm pretty sure there's one in Sioux Falls or yep. at least one. Yep. Uh, he says, uh, looks like you're 17. We're going to need to get parental permission for this. And Drew says, oh, yep, yep, yep. Not a problem. But you can tell she's maybe not so sure about that. Ma Cafferty shows up to Becky's house, knocks on the door. She says some nice things about wishing she could have been there for her. Did we know? I was confused at this point. Did we know that she knew about the abortion? I don't think so. Yeah. The last that we knew, she was like excited or like excited, but like nervous about Luke being a dad. But yeah, because I thought this was going to go a different direction. Like Becky was going to drop that bomb on her and she was going to freak out but not so much uh she just asked becky if they could talk for a few minutes and uh yeah just about what happened so she can kind of yep. wrap her mind around it a little better yep we got vince and the bozos are out committing crimes <laughs> the bozos, uh, they, i like that they show up to kind of uh harass this guy who must owe vince's friend money or something yeah for car parts yeah. Oh, shop. yeah. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Vince's friend hits him with a tire iron. Yeah, like a freaking crowbar. Yeah. Um, and then uh, he hands it to Vince to hit him with. Vince is hesitant and ends up just kicking the guy uh, who's already on the ground because he got hit by a tire iron. <laughs> Good call, um, Vince. Because I'm pretty yeah. sure the human body you cannot withstand <laughs> multiple <laughs> yeah. hits from a tire iron. Uh, I was a little taken aback by that. I just have in my notes, pretty, pretty violent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Vince does not, is not, uh, very comfortable with this situation. Asks, uh, Bozo number two, which actually I think is the boss Bozo. He asked boss yeah. Bozo, uh, Hey, when are we going to be square? And the guy's like, eh, rehab's pretty expensive. I'll let you know. Yeah. Good. Yep. Um, get a little scene of coach pulling up to the West Dillon field while listening to his radio interview from earlier that day uh, with buddy. Uh, not much to this scene. Nope. Uh, the only thing I wrote down is that, you know, coach made a bit pretty big deal on the radio earlier about not wanting to get ahead of himself and needs to be thinking about this Friday, but it appears that coach is actually is already, yeah. thinking about it since he's sitting at the field. Uh, I also liked that buddy was really milking the content that he had by replaying <laughs> an interview from earlier and then yes. commenting on it. I thought that was good. Um, next we're at practice Coach is giving a little speech about needing to focus on Friday, needing to focus on Westcott. Um, Luke is struggling with his hip. Uh, it's not going well. We can tell he's in a lot of pain. The coaches, let the players go get water and Luke sneaks off underneath the bleachers. Looks like directly under some people. <laughs> you can see their feet. Yeah, there. it was hard to yeah. Um but he uh he sneaks uh he sneaks underneath there and pops uh, a couple pills to uh get him yeah, through the had practice. Apparently just in his little football pants. Uh yeah, you like had him wrapped in tinfoil. Right away, I was trying to figure out because I was like, "Oh, his pills are empty. Like, what is he taking? Is he taking something else? Do we that we don't know about?" But I think it was just that he was lying to get ahead of yeah the uh, the prescription. He knew he was running out. Yeah, yeah. 
next scene, Tim brings a whole envelope of cash, which if I remember correctly, isn't like $70,000 was the down payment on this chunk of land. Was that the down payment? I, I think it was $70,000. I thought that was the, what the land cost. Total. Okay. Okay. And so, then, the, yeah. So the down payment, I don't maybe know. Like 20,000 or something. Sure. Anyway, it's uh more cash than you should probably be carrying around. In. Yeah. <laughs> handing to a real estate agent. Uh, but she's pretty thrilled with it. Well, first she's kind of like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But then... Yeah, I had a hard time gauging if she was like concerned or excited. <laughs> I think or both. I think at both, first yeah. she was like concerned and then she was like, ooh, okay. All ooh. right. I Cash looks good to me. Um, anyway, Tim is putting a down payment on his plot of land uh, that he's been wanting to buy. So uh big, big step for Tim. Yep, Cause he, uh, he puts down payment and he like put an offer in. Cause he, right. Yes. Yep, it's he, an hadn't, offer. he hadn't bought it yet. He was, it's a, yeah. An offer with a down payment. Yep. 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 In cash, which, Hey, uh, that's pretty attractive. I would imagine. Yeah. Um, Tammy is in the superintendent's office because the superintendent is informing her that Ma Cafferty uh, is trying to get her fired for aborting her grandchild. Um, they're going to have a hearing with the school board to determine Tammy's fate, basically. Yep. Uh, Jess and Landry have plans they're discussing to have dinner with Landry's parents. Uh-huh. Uh, they're talking about this in the hallway. Um I don't know. Uh, this is, I mean, it's not as awkward as the actual date, which we'll get to here it's, shortly, but it's not as awkward. It was still pretty awkward. Yeah. I also uh, want to call Landry out because I love to call Landry out on uh Jess ass. Do they even know if I'm black? And Landry says, why does that matter? Um, it matters, Landry. We're, we're, we're not trying to have a colorblind society here. Uh, I have a black daughter and it's a big deal. And <laughs> you should probably know what you're getting into and your parents uh, should probably know what they're getting into too. as well. Also, like maybe just don't blindside them with that uh, so that they make Obama comments. At, sure. uh, it shouldn't. I understand. It shouldn't matter. Right. That's but I, was, I also I think, think it's important saying, for think, them to know. I think in defense of Landry, like I feel like that's what I would say. Uh, I'd be like, because I, th- I think. I think, and this is probably not Landry's outlook on life, but I mean, dating a Latina and getting married to one, like, I don't think I mentioned that to my parents before bringing, and I mean, Mm -hmm. but like, like, I probably would, if Angie had asked that, I probably would have been like, if they have a problem with them, it's probably like exactly what I would have said. So like, I'm sure, I don't know if that's that's what Landry meant. Yeah. If that's what he meant, I'm fine with it. Uh, if he's meaning that her blackness really isn't uh, like important, then right. I would say F- Landry. But yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're probably right. You probably interpreted that the right way, and I just have my own baggage that I'm sure, bringing. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Landry did throw his mom under the bus a little bit, though. Um, Oh, yeah. Because he says, why does that matter? Jess says, I just want to know what I'm walking into. Landry says, well, I can tell you that you're walking some very hit or miss cooking. (laughs) (laughs) I think she said beef stroganoff. (laughs) Uh, 
Can you? That's probably about as white of a food as you can get. I feel like beef stroganoff. Yeah, it's up there. Like being kind of that Russian, Eastern European type yeah. food. I don't feel like there's a lot of crossover there. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, they do kiss uh, during this, and Vince happens to walk by. Of course, in true uh, Julie and Matt fashion, (laughs) Vince always seems to be around when Jess and Landry are having a moment. Um, But Jess is a little bit embarrassed by by this and is like, hey, can we maybe not do this? Yeah, she kind of gets cold. Yeah. Over at the Sproles house, Tim is helping Ma Sproles carry some groceries into the house. She tells him that he's a great guy and he says, hey, you know what? I'm feeling generous. How would I take you and uh, Bex out to uh, dinner tonight? And she accepts. She's delighted by the prospect of that. Coach and Tammy, we see them talking about the abortion situation. Um, They kind of are saying like, this doesn't make sense. Tammy saying, "I, I followed protocol. This is what I'm supposed to do. I was just doing my job. Um, Coach is like, well, then why would they be saying that you said this? Um, so there, yeah, doesn't make sense. I I don't understand why, and I I guess, and we could talk about this when the actual school board meeting happens. But like, I don't understand why Becky wasn't involved in any of this to be like, whoa, 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 like let sure. me contextualize here because clearly, mm-hmm. like, I don't know why Tammy didn't bring her in to be like, hey. Why don't you hear the story from the student's perspective? Yeah. So you know that that's not what happened. Uh, I, that's a, that's a good point from Tammy's perspective. At least I would say that the reason that Becky never got brought into it is because it's never really about the woman in these conversations. Correct. Uh, it's about a cause and an ideal and it's divorced from any actual humanity and any actual reality of life of what's going on. So at least from Ma Cafferty's position, I don't think Ma Cafferty gives two shits about Becky. And that's why she's I think that's, not yeah, in this conversation. She's concerned about what she lost and what's going that's, on in her life. That's a good point. <clears throat> and Tammy is probably just trying to spare Becky from having to relive the trauma. You know? Right. That's true. So... Good points. Good points. Um, no, but that no, that was good to to bring up though, and I think an an important point of this whole conversation is that <laughs> I think the women get actually left out of this conversation a lot. So, yeah. Julie comes in, I think, and can tell that they're having a an intense conversation. So she yeah. takes uh, she takes Gracie out, and Gracie she's hanging out with Gracie in a room. Matt calls Julie. Julie answers. Matt says, uh, hey, Julie, uh, how you been? <laughs> uh, she says she can't talk right now and yeah. hangs up on him. We uh, get a little scene of dinner at the Clark residence. Uh, it's pretty awkward. So what do you think of Obama so far, Jess? <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. It's going about as, as well as you'd imagine. I also... I was just thinking about like how long has it been since Pa Clark has been on the show yeah. and they had to call him out, uh, had yeah. to call him up for just this one scene. Like, listen, it's only like 20 seconds of screen time, but we need to have you back. So can you fly down to Austin? 
Also, was this this? I don't even know that this was the same woman who played Landry's. Mom. I thought the same thing. I yeah. I think we've maybe talked about this on the show before, but I've been thinking about it a lot lately too. Especially this made me think about it. Is that I'm pretty sure I have facial blindness. Like the first like <laughs> three or four times I see somebody, yeah. Unless something really really stands out to me about them, uh-huh. um, and I don't know what those things are that stand out <laughs> that make me uh, remember people's faces, but. Yeah, this is another example of I have no idea what the old mock card looked like. If this is the same person, I'd have to look look her up on IMDb, which I don't yep. have the energy to do right now. I just did while you were talking. It is the same woman. Right. Apparently, it's Mary Clark is her name. Oh. And she was in one, two, three, four, five, six episodes over the years. Uh, I will say, spoiler alert, this is the last that we see <laughs> of mock Clark. So... Uh, right. We hardly knew you, Mary, <laughs> Mary Clark. Next, we see Tim and the Sproles girls out to eat. Tim tells them that he uh, he's a landowner. He owns a little piece of Texas now. Mm-hmm. Um, and also that he's going to go to Dillon Tech just to yeah. you know stay on top of things, keep Riggins Riggs current and uh, up to date with the competition. So he'll be around a little while. And Moss Sproles is very happy to hear that because they like having Tim around. Um, yeah, she really likes having Tim around. Yeah, you can kind of te- you can kind of tell by this scene that uh, that Moss Rolls is maybe uh, uh-huh. she's got her eye on him again. Yeah, yeah, she's, yep. It's also obviously making Becky uncomfortable. She sees a little bit of what's happening there. Yeah. Um. So yeah, earlier when she was kind of you know complimenting Tim and saying like hey uh you're a part of the family now and stuff like that it was a little bit like eh, something happening here and then this scene it's like okay yeah lays it on thick yeah yeah uh moss rolls is going for it again we see Luke painfully getting into bed he's obviously not doing well with his hip his mom tells him good night love you uh remember to say your prayers Luke <laughs> Uh, and as soon as she closes the, the, the door, Luke prays, dear Lord, please let me get some drugs before Friday. <laughs> yes. Also right before bed, Julie and Tammy have a little talk. Julie is coming into the bedroom, uh, of Mrs. Taylor because coach is out watching TV. They have a little conversation about Tammy's whole situation. Tammy kind of reveals that she's been stressing about this abortion situation. All right. Next, uh, Moss Brawls. Now, she she said when she invited Tim to live in the trailer, she said that she wasn't going to come knocking in the middle of the night. Uh, but that's exactly what she's doing right now. <laughs> uh, she knocks on Tim's door, uh, barely lets him get any words out, comes in and just goes for it. She's, she's kissing him. Uh, Tim shuts her down pretty quick. He's trying to do the right thing. He's trying to uh, tactfully... Uh, fend her off a little bit. She keeps trying, but uh, he gives her a pretty firm no. So she's a little embarrassed. You know, oh, I'm just drunk. Yeah, she plays and it off as being drunk. She leaves. Yeah. So it, it struck me in this episode, and I it just hit me while I was looking at her IMDb because <laughs> uh-huh. I was um I happened to notice uh in the opening credits that it said uh special guest stars Zach Guilford. And then the next name was Alicia Witt. And I was like, I recognize that name. I know I've seen her in stuff. Mm-hmm. And I thought it fell under the special guest star banner. Well, Alicia Witt is who plays Becky's mom. Yeah. Um, and she was also in Vanilla Sky, which I recently oh. watched. 
And I was creeping on her IMDb page because she's a good looking woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't even make the connection until now. I was just looking through photos of her and was like, oh, yeah, that's uh, her and Vanilla Sky. Uh-huh. Is that like the kind of like the like business owner guide person? She's yeah, she's well, she's like the like I think she was like the secretary in the tech support yeah. scene or something yep. like that's that. That's what so. I yeah. Yes, interesting. I also she see that she was born in 1975. 1975. So she was like 35 when the scene was shot, which she looks which, I can't t- I think they kind of age her up to be like the mother of a teenager. I suppose. Although I guess if she had the kid at 20. Yeah. And I think we, I think she had her, do we know for sure that was 20? It might've even been earlier. Cause we know that I was she just, had her I was just picking an, an arbitrary age yep. that would so, be young for most people. But that's actually yeah. probably pretty accurate. Then. It actually fits. Yep. Yep. But I know during this episode, I thought that woman does not look old enough to have, <laughs> to have a, have Becky as her daughter. But, that's about right. This is not important and not worth the time, but I am going to look at how old Becky was just to see what the age oh, difference yeah. was. <laughs> 1990. 75 so to was, 90. Yeah. She's definitely old enough to be your mom. Yeah. Well, 15 years, like oh, just yeah, barely. I mean, that's like if Becky had her kid. Well, Becky right. is 60, is 16, yeah. but yeah. I mean, she's old enough, but just barely. Barely, barely, barely. Yeah. Uh, in school, Becky stops Luke. To ask, hey, how's your mom doing? Uh, she said she could tell she was upset after they talked. Luke did not know that his mom had gone over to Becky's house and that they had talked about the whole situation. So he's very not happy with that and assures her that will never happen again. I'm so sorry. That will never happen again. So yeah. we get uh, the scene of Tammy defending herself against the school board. Yeah, she's getting grilled. Um, yeah, she's getting grilled and, you know, is rightfully defensive. Um, and I think she has a really good cover. The one lady is like, are you calling me a liar? And she's like, no, I'm not calling you a liar. I think you have bad information, which is yeah, about as polite as she could put <laughs> yeah. that. Uh, obviously, around this subject, people get uh, pretty worked up. Mm-hmm. And this one particular school board member was very worked up. Yes. Probably the one that uh yeah. voted against her as we find out later Definitely, in the, episode. Yeah. the the one in the one to five mm-hmm. landry's dropping off jess uh they're kind of laughing about the whole dinner with their parents laughing about the obama thing then landry has this line i sure didn't see you coming <laughs> and <then Jess> says, <laughs> i know that's why you hit me with your car <laughs> Uh, but they kiss. Uh, it appears that they're very happy at yeah. this point. Um, glad they're, to be they're into each other, which doesn't make sense because Not at all. there's nothing about Landry that is yeah. redeeming whatsoever. <laughs> uh, Tammy gets a phone call that uh, letting her know that the panel ruled uh, five to one in her favor. Yes, but uh, the superintendent is concerned about this getting out to the public because mm-hmm. uh, he doesn't want people hearing it out of context, which is exactly how they ended up in the situation they're already in. So, <laughs> right. Vince is working at Ray's Barbecue. The uh, the bad guy, the chop shop guy, the other bozo. 
Yes. Uh, boss Bozo tells Vince that he needs him on Friday night. He'll pick him up after his football game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also kind of has a conversation with Jess after this. Jess sees this yeah. conversation happen, she says, because it's at the barbecue joint. Um, she uh, says, I don't know why you hang around those guys, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. Um, he explains that he uh, they've helped him out or whatever. And they also talk about Vince's mom and how she's doing. Mm-hmm. Next, we see Luke coming home at in the evening. Ma Cafferty is on the phone. It's uh, we we get the idea that she is getting the news about the school board decision. She's pissed yeah, about this. Not happy. So she's kind of going on about that. And Luke kind of confronts her on it. Like, Hey mom, principal Taylor didn't do anything. Uh, I'm the one who got Becky pregnant. So yeah. why are you blaming coach's wife? And uh, yeah, so she kind of turns that around. She's like, coach, is that all you care about is football? <laughs> like, yeah. Once again, I think just the uh, uh, great demonstration of how people lose their minds around some of these topics and yes. uh, can't think rationally <laughs> about yes. it. So, yeah. So Luke's not happy with that. Ma Cafferty's obviously not happy with the situation. We see coach Taylor comes home. He's exhausted. Tammy tells him the good news about the school board decision. Uh, he asks what she's doing tonight. She says nothing. Her, she, she responds nothing. She doesn't say nothing. She does <laughs> talk. Um, and then, uh, he's like, all right, I'll go get the wine. Mm-hmm. Luke, uh, pulls up to the hip hop part of town. Oh, God, over in, dang it. <laughs> over in Carroll park. <laughs> They were bumping hip hop for sure. Uh, just asking any random black person that he comes across uh, to buy Oxycontin from them. I mean, who do we, is this a, is this a writer thing or is this, they portrayed Luke Cafferty well? Hard to say. <laughs> I don't Hard know who to, to blame say. for this. I mean, I think it's got to be that they portrayed Luke Cafferty well because the fact that the, characters are like i don't know what you're talking about go away to luke yeah i think says that they realize that's that- right yeah that's <laughs> <laughs> okay you get a pass on this one writers uh <laughs> yeah luke's trying to find some uh oxycontin uh he's not having any luck in the process of him uh questioning any black person he sees in the hip-hop park uh tinker sees him going around and uh, is obviously very concerned with Luke. We, we know Tinker to be a, a good, good guy who's looking out for Luke. And yeah. And that's why I'm so confused at why he's always hanging out at Carroll park, especially with his like little brother. <laughs> Seems like not a good place to be hanging out. Tinker. You know, I, I think this is just one of those, one of those, uh, I don't want to say cultural things, but it's like, what else are you you going to do? Sure. And so, you know, you find yourself in places that are less than ideal. And it's just one of those cycle things, I think. That's, yeah, that makes you sense. <clears throat> so, not that there's not any personal responsibility. Uh, y'all can calm down. Tinker could make better choices for sure. But um, 
but yeah, I think this is this is just one of those things. Uh, next we see Buddy showing up to coaches off. I feel like we get a little classic Buddy here a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? The 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 booster Buddy. Um, Buddy says, uh, "You notice anything different about me?" <laughs> coaches, you got a new belt? <laughs> nah, took the ring off. Panther ring. Forty eight hours. Just wanted to see if I could stand it. <laughs> you know what? I can stand it. So Buddy makes it clear that he uh, he loves the old Panthers, but he just can't get behind the new Panthers. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, he kind of also harasses Coach further off the record <laughs> about, um, about the game against the Panthers coming up. What do you think our real chances are? <laughs> Coach tells him, listen, I got to kick off in four hours. I don't have time for this, buddy. Jess goes to Vince's mom to see Vince's mom in rehab. Uh, she tells her, hey, Vince is proud of you for what she's doing. They kind of have an exchange about her. Vince's mom says, like, yeah, he's a real good good kid, isn't he? Jess says, yeah. Uh, then next we see a quick little scene of the Panthers, not the Panthers, the Lions taking the field. Vince is with them. Jess is also there. They exchange a look. Yep. Yep. They kind of exchange a look and a smile. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of a, a look that makes you a little concerned for Landry, I guess. Concerned isn't maybe the right word. I'm but. not concerned, but yeah. <laughs> Landry should be concerned. Yeah. Landry would be concerned if we saw it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Matt calls Julie again. As she's walking through the halls of East Dillon High, um, she steps into like an auditorium. Yep. And uh, takes his call. He tells her that he's working at an art gallery in Chicago. He's starting school next semester um, and he misses her. Julie is pretty indignant, uh, pretty much just as like, mm. you know you're calling me now like mm-hmm. it's too late blah 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 blah. she says we've been together for almost four years which i think is bad math i agree i and i don't know if that's the writers uh being bad at math or them making julie bad at math but <laughs> it doesn't check out uh in my marriage i call that Lindsay math uh, <laughs> <laughs> just kind of fudge the numbers uh to uh, I mean, you know, if, if it's uh three twenty, that means it's basically four o'clock. Uh, sure. you know? <laughs> so if, if that suits your, uh, point or whatever. So no, I don't know either, but I also raised my eyebrows at that and thought, mm-hmm. eh, I'm not sure on that, but I'm not going to try and figure this out right now. Yeah. So. I will. I did. So oh. even hypothetically, if they got together in like mid season one, right. Yeah. So let's even forget the Swede, the first breakup, etc. Even right. discounting that season one, a year away from that is season two, mm-hmm. a year away from that is season three, and a year away from that is season four, which is right. what we're currently in. That uh you you listeners at home can't see, but I'm holding up three fingers. <laughs> that is three years. And we also discounted the time that they broke up and she dated the freaking greasy Swede. So like at best, I'm going to take another finger away and say like they were maybe together for a total of two years. 
yeah. within that three. Yeah, because you got the Swede time, and then like basically at least half of this season, right? Ooh. I can't remember when Matt left, but it's been a while. So yeah, so I'm gonna say two years tops, and that's total. Julie doing a little Lindsay math. I, <laughs> I understand, Matt. Uh, yeah, Matt. He kind of pleads with her. Um you know, trying to get her to see, to understand that he wasn't emotionally ready to have that conversation yet. Yeah. Uh, but she is, she ends up hanging up and she's yeah. Now to a point where she's ready to move on. Yeah. No, Matt is like, Hey, I did what I had to do. And Julie's like, well, I'm going to do what I have to do. Whatever's missing in your life. I suggest you go out and find it. <laughs> and that's where the conversation ends. So pretty rough interaction there. Mm-hmm. Locker room, pregame, Tinker finds Luke and asks him, hey, uh, what were you doing in Carroll Park last night? Um, Just be honest with me. Just just level with me. Tell me what's really going on. And Luke shows him that nasty, nasty bruise. Well, first Luke says, oh, I was out for, I couldn't sleep. I was out for a drive. And then I went for a walk. And Tinker's like, oh, I heard you brought some cash with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so then that's when uh, Luke reveals the bruise. That's some nasty stuff. I, yeah. I, I, I wrote in my notes, like, what even is that? How yeah. does that happen? Later on in this episode, Coach Stan calls it a hip flexor, which I dealt with some hip flexor issues, but it... <laughs> It did not look like that. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you that. Although my hip flexor issues did involve me uh, getting regularly wrapped and taped in very awkward ways by Coach Alan Weir <laughs> before football games yes. so, uh, in the groin area. Yes. But uh, yeah, it looks awful. And I that's when I think about Luke prior to this rewatch, when I think about Luke Cafferty, I think about that nasty bruise, uh, pretty much. So for sure, for sure. Tinker. Uh, oh, and we'll we'll get to never mind, we'll we'll get to that in a second. I've got a comment about uh Luke's injury in relation to your own. Uh, but we'll <laughs> Okay. We'll get there. Yeah. Uh, Tinker does make it clear that he's not happy that Luke didn't tell him. We've known that Tinker always kind of has Luke's back a little bit. And so, yeah, he's like, why didn't you tell me? But it's game time. We see Luke running the ball along the sideline. He's about to kind of break free, but he jumps out of bounds to avoid getting hit in that nasty hip bruise thing. Yeah. These, he, uh, they get back in the huddle and, um, Coach calls the same play again four times total in a row. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I don't know if you remember when we talked to uh, Miles and Austin about Tracy Hurt running 18 <laughs> sweep over and over again, but it reminded me of that situation. Yeah. Uh, but the second time they call it, they actually go the other direction because apparently when he runs to the right, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> Well, him he's not getting he hit started. in that yeah. side. He's running on the sideline. Yeah, but he, he's still yeah. getting hit and hurt. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. But um, uh, but Tinker kind of speaks up for him in the huddle. Yeah. Like, listen, we can't run to that side because Luke's going to get hit on that side. He's hurt. 
Um, Vince, so Vince changes the play to run to the other way. Coach not happy about that. Um, but Luke is just getting pasted. Uh, yeah. And he finally takes a big hit on the bruised hip, the hurt <laughs> the hip. The fourth and, time they call the play. Yeah. Uh, he can't keep going. So he goes to the sideline. He shows co- the coaches the injury, and Coach Taylor is pissed that he never told anyone. And uh, Straub. What the hell is that? <laughs> Tra- is it Traub or Straub? Coach Stan. Straub. Straub. Stan Straub, I think. Or maybe it is Stan Traub. Traub. I think oh. it's Traub. Ah, whatever. Coach Stan says the, it's hip flexor coach. Uh, he's out for the season. Not good. Yeah. Becky. Back at the Sproles household, uh, offers to watch a movie with Tim. Uh, he declines. He says that's a bad idea, Becky. Uh, which I don't understand why that would be a bad idea, or like just on its, like, uh, you know, at face value. Yeah, I don't understand why Tim. I guess maybe he's just concerned because of the interaction with with Moss Sproles. But yeah, I couldn't really tell either if it was that or just Becky's. You know, she's she's made a move once or twice right. on Tim, but I think the pregnancy has kind of changed her perspective though. Yeah, on right. That kind of added that kind of action. But yeah. um she finally tells Tim, I don't want to be alone, so he yep. agrees to join. Yep. Uh so they watch a movie together. It is uh oh frick, what is it? Delman Louise. Delman Louise. I want to say Bonnie and Clyde, but I knew that wasn't right. Uh, had that. Well, she originally offers up, do you want to watch Delman Louise with me? He says, you know, he gives her the no. And then <laughs> when he agrees else. to join, he says, do you have anything else? But later on in a few scenes, Thelma. Yeah. Uh, they're actually watching Thelma and Louise. So I don't know. Yeah. Apparently she, she won that. Uh, Does this scene complete here? I got mixed up in my notes here, but uh, yep. Ma, so they're watching the movie. Well, Becky, so there's a little scene in okay. between. Yep. Okay. That's yep. where I got messed up. Um, yep. So we see Vince, right? Vince and the yep. the two the two clowns. They're uh, at this job or whatever you want to call it um, that they needed Vince's help for. They tell Vince, "We're going in since you don't like to uh, get tough or whatever. Uh, we're going in. Stay in the car. Keep it running." Yep. Then back at the Sproul's household. Yes. Uh, they're watching this movie. Becky is asleep, but Tim, well, Tim says, I think I'm moving out to mm-hmm. Becky, but she is asleep and doesn't even hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, Moss Sproles comes home, finds them fully clothed with the TV on and Becky asleep and thinks that something is going on, which doesn't make any sense. Like no. they could have at least like, okay, think about the scenes in this show's history where something like a misunderstanding like this has happened, right. like when Tim Julie, Julie. was drunk yeah. and like trying to kiss Tim, and like that was a like okay, I can see where you got the interpretation wrong. This mm-hmm. was a situation where it was <laughs> like no, yeah, they like aside from the fact that they're in a bed, there is no indication that anything sexual has happened. They are fully clothed, like not even in pajamas. <laughs> they are fully clothed in like jeans and shit. Yeah. <laughs> With the TV on. Yeah. 
this has got it. I mean, I think this is mostly fueled out of her own embarrassment. Uh, and she just kind of got triggered by the whole situation with her. Yeah, but it was completely unreasonable <laughs> for sure. Yeah. The other thing I thought is maybe she, most of Becky and Tim's interactions come when uh, Moss Brawls is like nowhere to be found. And so maybe she's not even aware that they have like an actual friendship, right. you know? So that could be, that could be, but, but even so, even so it's a uh, pretty wild, pretty, yeah, pretty wild um, reaction to this, but she freaks out for sure. Kicks Tim out. You're done here. So Tim throws his bag in the, or maybe we're not to that yet. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. she kicks him out. She's telling him you're, you know, you're a loser. I don't care where, like what ends up happening, but you're going to, you're going nowhere. Mm-hmm. Just really goes too hard, like yeah. unreasonably hard on him. And Tim just kind of calmly gets in his pickup, says, didn't touch your daughter and drives away. Tim's Tim's getting experienced in these situations. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Yep. So Vince uh, back at the, crime scene uh vince uh is waiting in the getaway car sees one of his friends get shot um and drives away with the with the was it the boss who got shot or was it the boss he drove away with i think no, it was the boss it was, he drove away with yeah it was the friend. original bozo yeah. um i was very confused by vince's reaction here because they run out of the house getting shot at and Vince gets out of the car and runs towards them. And then has to run back to the car. Uh, you had one job Vince. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, uh, Calvin is his name. Uh, I figure since he has passed on, we, we can refer to him as his actual name. Yes. I think that's wise. (laughs) Uh, is shot and yeah, they drive off. Uh, back at the Taylor household, Tammy gets a, a late night call um, from the newspaper. Uh, a journalist asking about, uh, do you have any comment on, you know, per, like advising a student to get an abortion? Um, she's pretty appalled and just says no comment, which probably, I don't know if that's the right or wrong move, but... <sighs> Probably better than responding off the cuff because she's not expecting this, but also not a great look for sure. Yeah. It's kind of, yeah. Kind of like pleading the fifth never Mm. really looks good or asking for your lawyer never really looks good, even though it's not technically, you know, an admission of guilt. So Becky finds Tim um, and says, Hey, you're not a loser. Um, you're amazing. You did so much for me. You were there for me when I really needed you or when I really needed somebody to be there for me. And I'm really thankful for you and grateful and kind of in a very, I feel like mature and grown up way, uh, says bye Tim Riggins, like Mm -hmm. just kind of thanks him and, and lets him go. Whereas in the past, we feel like Becky has been pretty, drawn to Tim in a pretty strong way, but you're right. It's probably the, her, her situation with Luke that has kind of changed her outlook on all that. I think so. Uh, we get a little scene of buddy and coach. They're at a bar after the game. 
Uh, this is where we learned that uh, the Lions lost. Yep. <laughs> Buddy is like, I can't believe we lost. Our season's over. Like, you guys have been losing <laughs> from the jump. Were you thinking like, you were going to win state? Yeah. yeah. Un- like, unimaginable new heights, buddy. <laughs> That's extremely yeah. unimaginable. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But um, but he says, well, it's getting late. Why don't we take off? And coach says, nope, let's have another drink. Uh, I'm not ready to go home yet, which I'm not sure if this is due to the loss or if it's due to uh, the Tammy's situation that yeah. he's not ready to see her yet. I'm I, not sure I had a hard time either. figuring out coach's motivation. Here. Cause we see Tammy, we, they show a little shot of Tammy sitting by mm-hmm. herself on the front steps of the Taylor household. Yeah. Like waiting for coach to come home. Yeah. So, so I felt like it was like a, a trouble in paradise type thing. Like there's, yeah. they're implying a rift. I did feel like we haven't talked about this, but I did feel like coach seemed like skeptical when Tammy was telling him about oh, the, yeah. like uh, the conversation she had with Becky, like kind of like, well, what did you say? Why? Mm-hmm. And kind of like, I got the impression. He was kind of like, why would you do that? Like, why would they say that you said that if you didn't say that? Right. Right. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Maybe he's, yeah, that could be, and I, it's never really clearly stated. No. So I'm not sure what why coach doesn't want to go home either but uh yeah he's not ready so he's he wants to have another drink with buddy uh we see jess coming back home i guess from the game vince is sitting out front of uh jess's house she asks what he's doing there he says calvin's dead starts crying jess comforts him which I feel like is another step in the concerning to Landry. Yes. Uh, Storyline. I would be concerned if I were Landry. Yes. But I'm not concerned for Landry. <laughs> Don't really care about Landry. Roll credits. That's the end of the episode. We'll be right back with some awards for the week. All right, we're back. We're going to start this week, as we always do, with the Coach Taylor Inspo rating. Uh, how are we feeling about Coach this week? Yeah. Um, we ended this that, weird at the end of the episode there. Yeah. Um, definitely not necessarily inspired <laughs> by no. Coach. Um, I don't know. This is a hard one to put a number on because he's in a lot of this episode. And he's not necessarily like bad. He's just not in like he doesn't do much. That's like stand up. Like no, no. He kind of like serves to advance the Luke storyline with the injury. Like he's in that a lot, but he's not really like in it for the sake of coach's storyline. He's more in those scenes for the sake of Luke's storyline. Like the whole football game is just basically like Luke is really hurt. Uh, he's on drugs. Um, mm-hmm. Almost the same with buddy a little bit. Like we see buddy a lot, but it's not really coach doing anything. I don't Those are kind of throwaway scenes a little bit too. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I don't feel like I was inspired at all by coach mm-hmm. this week. And I don't mean that as a bad thing. It's not like, right. it's, 
if we went negative on the coach scale, which I don't know that we ever have. I think um, we have. <laughs> I don't think we need to go negative, but. No, absolutely not. But I, there's just not anything here. Like, I, yeah, I would be okay with doing like a zero or a one, uh, like just a, like a pity point. But <laughs> I think I was kind of thinking, I think we just give coach the benefit of the doubt and give him positive because he's coach, but uh, just a one. So. Uh, don't feel too good about yourself, coach. Uh, not sure you <laughs> completely deserve to be in the positive there, but we're going to go with it. Julie Taylor Hatometer. I think we might have cause for the rare uh, late season negative so? score. I don't. I don't feel like Julie was hateable at all. This. I think she was justified in her anger with Matt. The Habitat for Humanity thing, maybe a little lame. Maybe she does lose some points for that or yeah. gain some points, however you want to look at it. So Yeah, I don't know. The the, the Matt thing I can go back and forth on because... He I left without talking to her. Yeah, yeah. And hasn't called. Yeah. I'd be pissed. So I'm with that's her a, on that. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. All right. Yeah, we can go. We can go negative. Is it negative or do those two things cancel out? Or how do we feel about the habitat? It comes down to how do we feel about the habitat humanity, habitat I for think humanity. Movement. The fact that the Matt thing is two longer scenes compared to the short, the one short habitat for humanity scene, I think that those two um, mm. more than cancel it out. Like it over, it supersedes. Okay. All right. So negative one. If we're giving Coach a, a mm. one, let's just go slightly like pro-Julie on this one. Yep. Probably never going to happen again, Julie. I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> Big I don't remember much about Julie in, in season five. When, when I talked to Jimmy no. Myers, he told me that uh, he said seasons two and four were the two worst Julie seasons. So maybe she mm. pulls it together in season five, but I'm not going to... Uh, assume yet yeah the big rig beer tally uh i as always have zero what did you come up with we had two we had one two at beers. the mexican restaurant and oh it's when uh tim is out in the trailer when moss rolls comes out i think oh that makes sense yep Okay, so two yep, for Tim on the Big Rig Beer Tally this week. The Alamo Freeze presents the Matt Saracen Oshucks Goofus Malufus Moment of the Week. We actually had a uh, special guest, Zach Guilford, on this mm-hmm. week. So uh, I got to go with Matt talking to Julie for the first time in presumably months after leaving without telling her and leading off with, uh, uh, hey, Julie, how you been? Yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Uh, pretty, yeah, pretty right on for Matt, but not great. The Donnie Buddy Garrity Sleazeball Move of the Week. We got lots of Buddy in this one. Yeah, we got lots of Buddy, but not a lot of sleaze. Um, you know, you made a point of (laughs) him really milking his interview with Coach by replaying (laughs) it later and commenting on it. I feel um, like that's that's if you listen to sports radio at all, all they do is say there's like three topics for every day that a, that uh, ha- like I used to paint houses. 
And for a while I would listen to 991 ESPN radio Sioux Falls. And when I when I started listening to ESPN radio the entire day through, I realized that it's basically like a 45 minute cycle of saying the exact same things over <laughs> and over again the entire day and arguing with yourself and filling time. So I'm not going to hold against Buddy. Uh, I think we've got a, a sleazeball-less week here for Buddy Garrity. I think that's fair. Notable music cues. Nothing caught my ear. Didn't have any myself. Uh, check the IMDb page. Oh, wow. Yeah, there is. Literally, it's Friday Night Lights theme, Your Hand in Mine, which I think they put on every episode, which is either. Yeah. Is, is that essential? It's not, it's not actually on every episode. Right, right. Um, and then Hard Times performed by the Parlor Mob. I'm listening to it right now. Uh, I like it, but I don't remember hearing it. So might have been one of those songs that got cut. Could have been. But it, it is good. I'm going to leave this tab up <laughs> for later. Okay. No notable music cue. We're kind of sparse on the awards this week. Yeah. Because uh, I don't know that we're going to have an outdated pop culture reference. Mm. Maybe the, uh, uh, what do you think of Obama, Obama. so far? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think maybe the uh, the weird pride of white liberals for electing a black man president. It's not really even that outdated, unfortunately. Yeah. I feel like we're still true. holding on to that. But. That's true. Um, <laughs> but I think that's the answer for the most yeah. part. Uh, quote of the episode. I wrote down a couple. Let me see. Look back here. Uh, Landry and Jess talking. Landry says, I sure didn't see you coming. <laughs> Jess responding, I know. That's why you hit me with your car. <laughs> that was pretty good. Uh, Buddy's whole thing about notice anything different about me. <laughs> that, yeah, that one might be. I think I thought I wrote one of the quotes down in this episode, but I think the one that stood out the most was Buddy's. <laughs> Took the ring off. And I was like, oh, is he finally taking the ring off after Pammy? No. <laughs> yeah, I could see you going that direction too. Yeah, no. Uh, so, yeah, what, took the ring off. The Panther ring. 48 hours just to see if I could do it. <laughs> oh, my gosh, buddy. That might uh, be my choice tonight. I swear I wrote one more down. Yeah, that's, I think that's all I had. Who are those two? The wine must be getting to me. I feel like we had a, a rare endearing buddy episode this time mm-hmm. for the most part. I feel like yeah. I'm inclined to agree. Yeah. Which leads us to the next question. MVP of the episode. I don't know if buddy went so far as to endear himself unto being yeah, MVP. I'm definitely not willing to go that far. Um, Tammy Taylor, I think, mm, yeah, is uh, is my MVP, and not only because I say that every week. <laughs> this time, I, I mean, I always mean it, but this time I really mean it. I think you're right. She stuck up for herself. She de- defended herself for just doing her job. Um, yeah, Tammy Taylor. I, I was gonna, I was gonna nominate 
not in a strong way, but I was going to nominate Tim Riggins because I felt like he did the right thing and was yeah. there for people a lot. But um, I think Tammy Taylor is the the stronger uh, argument here. So congratulations, Tammy Taylor. You are this week's MVP of the episode. Episode rating. Let's see here. 8.2 seems to be the, the kind of the standard rating. The last three episodes on IMDb have been 8.2, 8.2, 8.1, 8. 8.2, 8. 8.1. We, yeah. Um, I, this wasn't a strong episode, I didn't think. No, I didn't. Um, so it didn't have anything as comical as the last episode, which we talked about at length. Yes. Um. But uh, I mean, nothing really stands out. We've got the the uh, I guess the whole Becky and Tammy storyline, which is kind of picking up steam, even though it seems like it it kind of picks up steam, loses steam and then picks up steam again. Right. Um, but honestly, you know, I said this, I, I listened to uh, episode 409 today. Uh, and I said that that episode kind of felt like filler. And this episode also kind of feels like filler. Like it does. I feel bad kind of trashing um, three episodes in a row, but this, like I'm feeling like a, a five or a six. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think fives maybe a little too low for me because I I did have a lot of thoughts, you know, just about the whole Luke uh, storyline, and I thought that was interesting. Sure. And having like previously oh, been in, hmm? that reminds me. I do remember what the quote that I wrote down was. I didn't write it down what stuck <laughs> with me, but the um, Luke saying, "Dear Lord, please let me get more drugs <laughs> by go. Friday." That was, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely, I did write that down and yeah, that's definitely a nomination for sure. Uh, I was going to say having been, uh, in youth ministry and working with college students at a Christian college now, I was just pretty intrigued by the whole Luke, uh, storyline and Luke's mom storyline. Um, sure. so that, that maybe makes mine a little, a little higher, just a little more personal interest for me. Um, would you say a five or a six? Yeah, I'm going to, six is what I would be comfortable with. For sure. I'm all right with that. Cool. Okay. Uh, before we get to our lesson of the episode, let's, uh, do a few shout outs here. I know we've had an active Twitter account the last few days. So even though we didn't record that long ago, I do feel like we have a little catching up to do. Yes. Yeah. We recorded literally, uh, Two days ago. Days ago. Yeah. <laughs> really, uh, yeah. Um, trying to trying to bring the content to you. This is a work night, uh, and I have drank a three quarters of a bottle of wine for you <laughs> while recording this episode. So, um, got a uh, a shout out to my direct Twitter feed from my my friend Bert Booker. Yeah. Um, who I have to find his because on the nice page. He. So this actually um, is your friend, like yes, actual yeah. prior to reliving the lights. Yeah, I've known okay. Bert for close to ten years now, actually. Oh, nice. Um, uh, but yeah, he he tweeted and included me in it and said, 
Uh, unless I missed it earlier, I think episode 304 of Living Lights is the first uh, sewed I made, which I'm thinking we must have mentioned him okay. uh, yep. in that episode. That that would make sense because that would have been around the time that I got vaccinated and was like comfortable like going out. And I remember he and I grabbed a beer oh, around yeah. what well, must have been around that time. So I maybe had mentioned that on on the pod. I'll have to go back and listen to episode 304. Um, but he said, uh, unless I missed it earlier, I think episode 304 of Reliving the Lights is the first soda I made. And it's just as thrilling as I thought it would be. Thanks, Josh and A. Hookman. Uh, that's me for this project. <laughs> Y'all are doing great. Um, thank you, Bert. Uh, we appreciate it. And then he also followed that up uh, by saying also shame on me for just now following uh, via Twitter Reliving Lights. And then he also uh, went and followed you personally as well. Hey, um, very interesting guy. Uh, so he and I met at a wedding uh-huh. uh, where we were both there without dates. Uh, and um, <laughs> back in like 2012 and um, ended up kind of hitting it off uh, in a, you know, a bro way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, have been friends ever since. Great, great guy. Um, uh, love him to death. And yeah, he's he lives here in Sioux Falls. So I've been seeing him more often. Um in the last uh, several months is moving here. So nice. Yeah. Double shame for me for also not following Josh. Thank you both again for creating this. I love laughing along uh, with you about DQ conspiracy theories, defending movie dude one's honor in my head. Poor bird. He doesn't even know that movie dude one's going away. You know, you don't know what you got till it's gone. <laughs> he says the single sentence has to be a bit right. Um, thank you, Bert for listening. We, I appreciate, I mean, I, I always love when, when, our action i mean i love all of our listeners but it's always cool to know that people that we actually don't <laughs> listen to this show yeah um to a certain a, extent i kind of uh depend on the the fact that not a lot of people we know listen to the show <laughs> <laughs> that gives me a little bit of comfort however it is it is nice when we have people we know that uh listen in our fans so yeah uh, thanks, yeah, thanks, Bert. I'm glad Bert. that I'm glad that you're enjoying the show. Um, I can't remember if, if we had spoken if you had ever watched Friday Night Lights before this. So this might be his first run through, and he's watching it with us. Um, yeah, uh, commentating. So that's great. Um, yeah, we we appreciate you following along and listening to us. And um, yeah, thanks for thanks for for listening. Yeah. Uh, I also want to shout out. Uh, this happened, I think, before last episode but i do want to shout out marns our friend marns uh who i happened to see reflecting on her own twitter that uh she was struggling to come to terms with the fact that she was a machine gun kelly fan (laughs) and uh anthony this was before the discourse right pra yeah i mean before things got really wild this was before the the gq article oh what's the gq article i haven't read the gq article you haven't heard anything about the gq article I'm looking it up right now. How can I not? I feel like I am attacked with Machine Gun Kelly content constantly. So all, of, all of the Machine Gun Kelly content content that has come out in the last like week and a half has been because of the GQ article. Oh, hot with dang! This the story of him like how they first met. Oh, the whole it, like I am weed thing. <laughs> yes, the and, I am weed thing. Yeah, sure. all all of that is from the GQ article. See, I've been I have been intrigued by uh by those two for quite some time actually. Uh, 
uh, Abe and I uh, interact quite frequently about the ridiculousness of Machine Gun Kelly because we both love the music, but just think like, what is this person? Um, okay, good. Well, I'm going to read that. I didn't realize that there's a GQ article. But yes, it was before that. Uh, Marnes was trying to come to terms with the fact that she enjoyed Machine Gun Kelly's music. Uh, I am the same way. And so uh, just want to let Marnes and all the other Reliving the Lights listeners know that it's okay uh, to find his music catchy, even if he is maybe one of the most insufferable humans, top 10 most insufferable humans uh, on the planet right now. uh, You and I had a text conversation earlier today where Mm -hmm. I said, there is a list of musicians that I have in my head of and honestly, it's not even like that I hate their music. It's that I think I hate them because they like they they try so hard that it yeah. comes off as disingenuous. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's funny because we just talked about it last week because Halsey was the musical guest on SNL. Yeah. And I really genuinely like Halsey's music on yes, the whole. Same. Um, I think that song that she did with the Chainsmokers is like a perfect pop song. Um, Have you I heard the that song should... that she did with Machine Gun Kelly? No, I didn't even know it's the perfect. It's the perfect no pop idea. punk song. It is um, so good. And I got so not this most recent album, which I kind of want to buy because of my nudity on album covers um, <laughs> rule that if I find an album cover with nudity, I have to buy it. Um, <laughs> so like I'm, I'm also Trent Reznor produced it, but all the singles that I've listen to from it sound like Trent Reznor produced like if I wouldn't have known I would have been like this sounds like hmm. uh like late period nine inch nails so like uh um so I don't know if I'll end up picking it up or not Halsey but, album sounds like that yeah okay I have not heard that side yeah. of Halsey before so she released an album like so not the most recent album that came out this year not the one that came out like either last year or two years ago but the one that came out before that so two albums ago right I don't even remember what it was called, um, but it was like a red album cover. It had uh, Bad at Love was the big um, single from it. Uh, but uh, I got really into that album. Yeah. Um, I like the music, actually, definitely. I actually hadn't even realized that she had released an album between then and the one that she released this year. But like her personality, because she performed on SNL previously and this is when age and i first talked about this where like she performed like in a bra and it just felt very like okay you're like it didn't it i don't know how to say this outside of being like it felt disingenuous it felt like she was trying hard to like say something Mm -hmm. and it just came across as like like dude listen i understand that like you're a pop star and you want to be seen as like more than a pop star but maybe just like accept your status because you're trying to do too much and I feel the same way about Pink and I genuinely hate Pink's music yeah Pink's music is not good she is awful and I think she comes off as a terrible person but also her music is terrible so she was like the top on this list and the last time that that Halsey performed on SNL Angie and I had this conversation she was like she kind of gives me vibes like Pink and then Angie said it again this time last week Mm -hmm. when she performed and I was like no like I said the first time I was like, no, because Pink's music is bad and I hate it. But like, I actually do enjoy Halsey's music. Yeah. But in the back of my mind, I was like, no, she's right. There's something about her that comes off as pink. And I think that's what it is. It's, it's the same with Machine Kelly, where it's just like they're trying so hard to stand out. 
Yeah. And be, because I, I mean, the pop music industry is, it's tough. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ask Ryan Cabrera. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> hey man, he dated uh, Ashley Simpson for a good still, long He's while. currently dating Alexa Bliss. <laughs> right. Like that guy's living my best life. But he had to do that hair thing, you know, to make right. it. That's <laughs> um. So yeah, like um, good good on him. But uh, I understand that. Yeah, it's a tough industry, and you have to stand out if you want to serve, like, have a long term career. Yeah. But like. I don't know. Don't sacrifice who you are to do that because maybe, I don't know. I I mean, clearly I'm not the only person who's feeling this way because Angie feels the same way. You seem to feel Mm -hmm. the same way. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just like, you're trying too hard. And it, (laughs) I don't know. It, it, it it really shows to me. I I mentioned this to you earlier today, but uh, I do think that maybe the difference with machine gun Kelly is I think he's actually legitimately stupid. Like, I think he's actually Mm -hmm. a dumb person and he's just like, Oh, what if I did this? (laughs) You know, like (laughs) it's completely uncalculated. Just uh, he's, he's extremely dumb and it's working out for him, but uh, love the latest album. So because I think the thing about Machine and Kelly is that he's been around in the music industry for like close yeah. to a decade, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure he performed at a WrestleMania like before I started watching wrestling again. Yeah. No, he's and been around like, a long time for sure. And yeah. I think now he's having like a, this weird resurgence because he did this pop punk album outside of his like normal weird rap stuff. Yeah. Because he did that song where he sampled Fastball. That was like a rap song. <laughs> really? I didn't, I haven't heard, uh, or I don't know was, that one off the top was, of my he head. He sampled, uh, and I think, I think we actually interacted about this on Twitter at some point because I remember I said, I tweeted something along the lines. I mean, this is four years ago, three, yeah. four years ago that I was like, on one hand, I hate this song, but on the other hand, I'm glad that the boys from Fastball are getting paid. Because um, <laughs> it was, it wasn't the way, it's the, their other song. Okay. Yeah. yeah was yeah. I out of my head? Was, was I out, out of my mind? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now I remember that. Yeah. 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 I think like maybe Camilla Cabello was yep. on the, uh, yep, that's who was it on was. the hook. Yep. yep. Oh, funny. Uh, no, he's been around a long time. And <sighs> I, I just think it's hilarious that like, all the like rock guys are pissed at him for like being a failure in his own genre and then coming over to like and doing rock and being successful at it. Like that's not a problem with machine gun Kelly. That's a problem. Like if you have a problem with that's a problem with you. Like, yeah, actually he was able to like fail at one, even though he didn't really fail. He's pretty successful. He had big hits and then come over and do your thing uh, and be as successful as you. So yeah. And that's, I mean, I will say if there's if there's one defining factor between the musicians that I love their entire careers versus music who or versus musicians who I like like portions of their careers, it's them changing their sound up and like being innovative. And not necessarily yeah. that that pop punk is innovative. And I can't believe that I'm sort of defending <laughs> Machine Gun Kelly right now. <laughs> like when I think about the the artists that I love like five or more albums of. Yeah. You know, like the Bob Dylan's, the Beck's, Mm -hmm. the, um, you know, Taylor Swift's, the Kanye West's, the, you know, we're talking about people who, who have changed their sounds up with John Mayer, who, who have changed their sounds up with, with almost every album, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm probably going to get, but I'll fight you in real life if you, (laughs) 
if you don't think John Mayer has changed up his sound, uh, he has. Listen well, to Continuum and tell me that it sounds like heavier oh, things. Yeah. No, and that was back to back album. <laughs> right. All right. Well, this is now a Machine Gun Kelly fan <laughs> podcast. Uh, thank you, Marnes, for sending us on uh, this this uh, Machine Gun Ch- Kelly tangent. Yeah. But we did. We also we heard from Crank Shop. I have to mention. Well, uh, Crank Shop. What he's who, what's he been who, up he to? He pointed out in episode oh, episode four hundred nine. Oh, which was just that was the one I listened to today that just went up. He said he was. Tim was drinking a beer when Becky came knocking on his trailer towards the end of the episode. So either that was a beer that I missed or maybe it was one that I had said that I had the count and I forgot. Or maybe it was one that I couldn't tell for sure if he was drinking a beer or not. So thank you, Crank Chop, as always. Good catch, Crank Chop. I feel like that guy's got the numbers usually. Yeah. He's, he's on top of it. So. Uh, hey, we appreciate all of you who reached out. We appreciate all of our fans. Uh, reach out to us on Twitter at Reliving Lights. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, and you will get a shout out if you do that. Mm-hmm. And you'll get multiple shout outs if you pay us money and sponsor an episode. Yes. Uh, the latest episode, the last episode hasn't aired yet, so we can't announce any new sponsors. But I assume by the time we record the next one, they'll just be rolling in. They got to be, yeah. Uh, offers. So we will take them on order of uh, highest monetary value. Mm-hmm. That's that's the order we'll go in. So um, again, reach out to us uh, in our DMs on Twitter if you would like to sponsor a show. We will we will shout you out just like we well I was about to say his name again but I better not he needs to pay us again if he's gonna <laughs> yeah. get another shout out yep so hey uh, speaking of shout outs shout out to our listeners in the West Indies as always and you know what else shout out to our listeners in Laos mm. we appreciate you we love you wherever you're at uh, wherever you're listening to the these world. episodes I uh, I'll mention this real quick because I I feel like I always shout this this <laughs> fell out but uh i went to an estate sale yesterday i snapped you about this you can see it right back oh, there yeah. yeah 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 just the deal of a lifetime i love <laughs> maps uh-huh. i don't know if you know that about me i know i i know each other for 30 that. years you didn't know that i love maps it, i probably uh, did at some point but that's not one of the like first things that i'd bring up I, about anthony hookman no so i love maps and i've always wanted to have like a large map preferably like an old map hanging yeah. up yeah. And so we went into an estate sale yesterday. This is actually a comical story. We can end it on this. <laughs> yeah. Um, as if we were like, obviously, this is the end of the episode, but um, <laughs> went to an estate sale yesterday and um, and I couldn't believe my eyes because this guy, man, this house, I told Angie, I was like, if we had unlimited money, I would yeah. be like, I want to find out what's happening in this house because I want to live uh-huh. here. It was, it was like, it was like a house of leaves situation. It felt bigger on the inside than on the outside. Like <laughs> um, the basement, especially it just kept going uh-huh. um, cool house in a pretty upscale neighborhood here mm-hmm. in Sioux Falls, very narrow streets. Um, it hmm. was hard at times to like get to the place because people were parked <laughs> on both sides and there was yeah. room for only one car oh, wow. and yeah. sometimes not even one car. <laughs> Um, if like it was like two pickups parked, yeah, on the, you know, dicey. Um, but anyway, so he, this guy, he must have been, um, he had so much cool stuff. He was an ophthalmologist, and I think like a hobby photographer. Okay. Um, so he had a ton of like ophthalmology equipment, oh, a nice. lot of like old camera equipment, and um, so many books. 
There was hmm. so many bookshelves in this house. Hmm. Like um, it was ridiculous. Uh, and a lot of them were like American history books, which as you know, I love American history. Yeah. Um, but I can't, and he had this, like, it was a print of a like revolutionary war era painting. And they had that price. It will. So it was the last day of the estate sale. So everything was half price. Oh, nice. Also worth noting. So they had that price at like $375. And I was like doing the math. Cause I was like, this <laughs> rules. Like I would, I was like, ah, I came around another corner and came across this map. It's a, uh, in a frame mm-hmm. framed map of it's a 1920 map mm-hmm. of Europe. So like post world war one yeah. map of Europe, they've redivided um, everything up. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's like, it shows like, it says something like, it's like their literary digest uh, <laughs> map of new Europe revealing the changes brought about by the great war. Yeah. Is what it says on like, uh, uh, on it and so like it's really really cool i love it it's literally like probably like four feet by three feet nice. like it is yes. freaking huge. huge um i literally couldn't fit it in my car <laughs> wow we we like brought it to my car and i was like i'm pretty sure i can get this in the trunk no it's too wide for the trunk <laughs> too like wide for my back seat and luckily as we were like trying to get it in my car this guy walked by and he was like, you having some troubles? And I was like, yeah, just trying to get this in my car. And the guy was like, oh, do you want to put it in my garage? Uh, like while you find a, a bigger vehicle? And I was like, oh man, that would be awesome. So he huh. let me, like he was a neighbor. He was like, I'll be at the sale. I'll tell my wife and daughter oh, wow. uh, that if like a strange man walks into the garage, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so I had to go get Angie's vehicle because she drives like a Ford Escape. Um, yeah, and she had, yeah. she had to go to work. So like <laughs> I had to give her my keys and drive. And like literally on the way, I called my old roommate who I know drives a pickup. And uh, it's like, Hey, if it doesn't fit in this vehicle, <laughs> I might need to borrow your pickup. It literally, if it would have been like six inches wider and longer. Yeah. Wouldn't have been able to get in that vehicle. <laughs> um, but we got her home. It's, you can see it. In yeah. The I can see it in the background shot here. Yeah. Um, I'm haven't hung it up yet, but I'm excited to, um, yeah, I'm that is literally I've looked for something like that for so long and yeah. to get it for it was priced at $50 so since I bought it the day of the sale it was $25, mm, $25. like an absolute steal and it comes in the in the uh back of the frame there's like a little like pocket and so I reached in oh. there to see what was in there and it was it's actually an index and it says something I'll quick go grab it once Yeah. Second. Yeah, so this is the uh what's in there oh wow and so it's uh yeah so yeah the liberty literary digest liberty map of new europe revealing the great changes resulting from the, the world war <laughs> uh 1914 1920 together with the complete new app of new map of africa with exhaustive index of over thirteen thousand <laughs> names and so it's this oh my gosh uh yeah this book and what so the there's heck? yeah exhaustive index <laughs> so, so what what's what are all those listed in there i'm not even 100 percent sure yet to be entirely honest with you <laughs> because yeah bronco i think it's towns or like cities oh yeah so you can yeah look so up where like they are rungia russia j j32 oh yeah 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 
like how people have to used to have to get around cities mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so, yeah, the reason that I bring this up is because I looked up uh, Wales today. Our old friend Niall over in Wales. Yes. Um, because it, I it, so some of the print is hard to find, and I all apologies to Niall. <laughs> Uh, but I, I didn't know exactly where to find whales on a map. And honestly, um, I had to, I had to look it up on Wikipedia <laughs> to see, cause I mean the United Kingdom, well, so the United Kingdom, Great Britain and England, like those are all like three, like not actually interchangeable terms, but people use right. them interchangeably mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they all kind of mean things. It's weird because like, oh, cause like Great Britain sounds like it's smaller than the united kingdom but it's actually bigger right or something like that sure i think like great britain is england wales ireland scotland yeah and northern ireland Mm -hmm. but uh the united kingdom is just britain wales and scotland or something like that i don't know i'm i'm sorry to nile uh (laughs) maybe you should just cut this out because i'm gonna embarrass myself (laughs) in front of nile but um yeah, so like that always fascinates me. Anyway, yeah. Point of the thing is, I I had to look up whales, and sure enough, yep, it's on the on the map. So I there was, you go. Um, yeah. There you go. Thinking of thinking of Nile on the off hours, <laughs> not, well, not recording, <laughs> you and not in a creepy way. Now you were thinking you were thinking about Nile, and I was uh, thinking about Marns and Machine Gun Kelly. So. <laughs> <laughs> we uh we appreciate our listeners here yeah we, we like, think about you even when we're not recording the podcast uh, that just the map uh discourse though reminds me of how it, growing up in our elementary school we had like pre-fall of the ussr yeah, yep. maps in our classrooms yep. <laughs> the pull down maps and i um mm-hmm. my favorite antiques from brookings had one of those for a while and because i'm so into maps i really thought about like buying one but i'm like it was before we moved into this apartment. So we uh-huh. were like, I was like, where would I even put it? And now yeah. I, even this, like that's going to take up an entire wall. Like that is yeah. such a huge map. Like yeah, that is literally going right to take there. up basically the rest of my home office. And then some, um, I had to move Michael Jordan uh, to, <laughs> to a different corner because that's where he was, but that's going to be uh yeah, that's going to go up there. So, and now I'm like, we have some other art that we haven't hung up yet that I, we've started to be like, okay, where are we going <laughs> to, now when we actually decide to get the ambition to, to hang ourselves it up, yeah. where's it going to go? But uh, our buddy Chris isn't going to be real happy with you moving uh, Michael Oh, he's Jordan. still in the apartment. He's still here. He's still there. He's okay. still in like a, he's still, he literally is, um, I mean, right now, because I agree, it's, uh, he's got to be in a prominent place. He's right by the closet, right when you walk in the door. Oh, so even, he is yeah. literally, you can't walk into this apartment without seeing him, so. <laughs> Perfect. All right, good. Well, if you don't think that uh, we don't appreciate you for listening, uh, I don't know what to tell you after after this last 15 minutes of <laughs> <laughs> discourse completely around our Twitter comments. So uh, thank you for listening wherever you are. Uh, we love you. We appreciate you. We're going to keep doing this. We're going to stick this out uh, yes. to the end. So we're getting close to the end of Sadly, season I'm, four. I'm so bummed. Like yeah. I was thinking today, like, oh man, we're, you know, two episodes left in, in season four and then we're in the final season. Yeah, like, man. We are, we are when this episode gets released. Um, and honestly, in our recording schedule at this time, we are 
like 15 weeks away from from being done with crazy this. well give or take i think i think we we should do like a retrospective episode that's not about any particular episode oh, yeah. wrap you know up. something yeah. like that and, mm-hmm. and stuff but for sure uh we will take this opportunity uh very good chance that we will uh, do an OC podcast, yes. as you know. So just another <laughs> reminder. Uh, as I when, said in the, the last episode, uh, this is basically therapy for me. So I want to keep doing this <laughs> in some <laughs> respect. Um, and I think having the built-in audience from both this podcast and maybe an OC fandom, yeah. I think helps. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I think so too. And I'm uh, not just talking to you and nobody else. <laughs> you know that we have a, a little bit more of a of an audience yeah right on so we don't have that up yet but i think you can just like make a podcast without even posting episodes yet so maybe we should just do that so y'all can get followers reserve it uh, yeah. yeah as soon as possible but uh we'll let you know when that gets up but for now that's it for this week we better wrap her up here yeah. so uh once again uh thanks for listening we'll see you next week for another episode of reliving the lights Let's touch God this time, boys. Let's touch God.